Welcome back everyone, you're watching We Heart Therapy. I'm Dr. Annabelle Bugatti and this is the special series EFT Talk. You probably recognize Dr. Scott Woolley. He's one of our beloved EFT trainers. He's out of San Diego and with Tri EFT. And he's going to talk to us today. So we did a video before about affairs and we're here to do a second part to, since there's so much to develop about it. So today we're gonna to talk about um, how to set up uh, you know, when you have a couple that's having an affair, one person's having an affair and they need to disclose it, how to help them work towards disclosing it, um, and, and several other elements that go along with that, and how to confront uh, one partner when it's discovered halfway through therapy that they're still having an affair. So we're just going to jump right in. <laughs> so thanks again, Scott, for being with us. He's our affairs expert, by the way. So, um, so help us, you know, when clients when um, therapists need to uh, help one of their partners reveal an affair mm -hmm. with their partner so they've said I, I have an affair may we have the no secrets policy so we give them a few sessions to work towards it mm -hmm. that can be kind of a or or if they don't want to share it and they need to right so how might we go about doing that right right well, and you've raised several kind of situations, right? Because um, one is is when they know they need to mm -hmm. do it, and mm -hmm. they have, you know, and they're reluctant or they don't know how to do it. And another one is, what if they don't want to? And mm -hmm. they say, well, I've stopped, or I'm not sure. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's, I don't, I'm not sure which one I want, so mm -hmm. I don't want to disclose anything because it's kind of probably destroy this, etc. Mm -hmm. And um, so maybe we could talk about mm -hmm. kind of each one of those. Mm -hmm. Okay, if people are saying I don't know that I want because I don't know which one I want, mm -hmm. that's a huge problem, right? Right, and it really means that it, the affair is not ended, right? And it's still ongoing, mm -hmm. and it ends up being a real problem if you're doing couples therapy mm -hmm. because you're aware of that, and right. EFT is grounded in authenticity. And, and safety. And safety. And we don't want to be enabling that. Mm -hmm. and, um, and in my experience, you really just won't gain traction if, you know, you have a couple and they're in stage one and things just don't seem to be shifting. And then you find out they're still engaged with the affair partner. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you know, you're going to find the person doing the affair that they're just not engaging in the process as much and you can't create safety if that other person isn't being involved in it and you can't collude in it mm -hmm. right so absolutely and so the real effort is to mm -hmm. the real push is to mm -hmm. help them mm -hmm. to and encourage them and sometimes mm -hmm. absolutely insist if you're going to continue to do couples therapy mm -hmm. that they've got to mm -hmm. they've got to get honest about it mm -hmm. And one way to approach that is to look at the, um, is to talk about the fact that affairs, mm -hmm. because they involve lots and lots of secrecy, mm -hmm. and they typically involve a very thin kind of mm -hmm. um, aspect of life. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's sneaking right. around. It's like going to Disneyland, right? They're going off, they're having fun, and they're they're likely to idealize the affair relationship because. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I fight with my wife when we're at home and it's terrible, but when I'm with my affair partner, but of course they're having dinner, they're going out for fun places, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's not it's not everyday life. They're not paying bills, changing dirty diapers. So, of course, when you escape to fantasy land, it's going to be fun. That's exactly right. And helping people understand they're comparing fantasy mm-hmm. to real life. Mm-hmm. Or another way of looking at that is they're comparing a very tiny, slim Mm -hmm. slice of life, right? right? Just the best part. Right, except it's it's maybe not the best part, Mm -hmm. okay? They think it's the best part. They may think it's it's a part that is being fed by Mm -hmm. all sorts of hormones and excitement Mm -hmm. and a sense of power, oftentimes, that comes with deception Mm -hmm. Um, and... Uh, it can be an escape from mm-hmm. other things in their life mm-hmm. and helping them understand that that isn't really mm-hmm. a full life. It's mm-hmm. kind of like eating frosting right. on a cake only mm-hmm. yeah, and not eating a whole meal. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if all you eat is frosting, mm-hmm. you are going to get sick. Mm-hmm. It may taste good in the moment. That's right. But you're going to get sick. And maybe and, it'll take away your hunger pain for the moment, but eventually it's going to come back and you're not going to be you know, fulfilled or satiated long-term. That's exactly right. And so people oftentimes have this fantasy that if I choose the other person mm-hmm. that I'm having the affair with, mm-hmm. it's going to be like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And of course it's not. That's right. Because they have to figure out how to build a life together if they're going to be together. And, and oftentimes those couples end up in counseling. I've had so many couples come in that started out as affair partners. And then there's that whole other layer. Well, we met while you were cheating on your spouse with me, so how do I know that you won't do that to me too? Oh, yes, and absolutely, and that fear is gonna exist, Mm -hmm. you know, throughout. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, people can Mm -hmm. develop trust Mm -hmm. in the primary relationship, or if they've Mm -hmm. now left that person and gone Mm -hmm. with the person Mm -hmm. that they cheated with. It just is hard, and it yeah. takes time and, and energy, and yeah. you know that's that's kind that's of a right. bigger process yeah, right. in terms of helping rebuild trust mm-hmm. and and create trust. Yeah. Sometimes there isn't trust. That's it's right. not rebuilding it; you're building right. it. Yeah. Um, but going back to um, helping somebody understand that they have to. This is real life right. versus fantasy world really I like that way of thinking about it Mm -hmm. or eating frosting as opposed Mm -hmm. to the whole meal Mm -hmm. and you may not like the current meal but that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it can't be changed it doesn't mean you don't need it that's right okay so once you get a person to the idea that they need to and it's important to to disclose Mm -hmm. okay for Mm -hmm. lots and lots of reasons Mm -hmm. you know when I do trainings we talk about a lot of reasons why you'd want to disclose but then people have very real fears Mm -hmm. about doing it. Well, yeah, because, you know, the the minute I turn and tell my wife I've been having an affair on her, she's going to hit the fan. and She's going to be angry. She's going to tell the whole world. She won't forgive me. She's going to, you know, Mm -hmm. she's going to shame me in front of the children. Mm -hmm. And it's going to, I'm going to lose my job. Mm -hmm. And there's all sorts of fears that Mm -hmm. end up going along with Mm -hmm. that. Okay. So how do you help? Because also you have to be prepared to help the partner who's going to be hearing this because it's going to be experienced as an attachment injury likely in session. 
And so you have to help the person take that risk to share and knowing that it's going to hurt the other person and help the hurt person from going off the deep end like, let's go smear you all over the planet. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so one of the things you do is you, uh, you know, you don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. That's right. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. I do reassure people and say, Mm -hmm. listen, I've helped lots of people through this process Mm -hmm. and it is scary, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be there and I'm going to be working with your partner. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be working with him or her mm-hmm. and working on containing it. And mm-hmm. one of the things I'm going to emphasize is, is no public disclosures at this point. Let's mm-hmm. process. Let's figure out how to mm-hmm. say, I know it feels dangerous, mm-hmm. but we have got to figure out how mm-hmm. to um, not make this even worse. Right. And that means no big decisions, mm-hmm. no big public disclosures, and then sometimes I'm very specific, you Mm -hmm. know, do you have any worries? A lot of times people don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the person who had the affair is going to be scared that their partner's going to do that, and usually Mm -hmm. that's the last thing the partner wants Mm -hmm. to do, Mm -hmm. you know, the person who was cheated upon. Um, And consequently, um, it's it's about fears. And Mm -hmm. then she will never, he will never love me, how could they accept me, etc. So we talk through... Mm typical scenarios. Mm-hmm. I tell them that most of the time mm-hmm. that the partner, it's not nearly as bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the things I do tell them mm-hmm. is, is that it's absolutely important. Most people, because they have lots of shame around this, is they will minimize it. That's right. Or they won't tell the full extent. That's right. Right. It's not a big deal. It just was a couple texts, a few flirtations. Right. Mm-hmm. We didn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. We never, we didn't have sex. Mm-hmm. You know, it, mm-hmm. we didn't do this or that. It was only one time. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that one. It was only one time. <laughs> um, right. We, we don't have any more contact when they do. Mm-hmm. I never loved her, Mm -hmm. I never loved him, Mm -hmm. and I really encourage people to, you know, you you have to see how your partner's responding, but Mm -hmm. to really, this isn't going to heal unless Mm -hmm. you get completely open and honest, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, I also encourage them not to blame, Mm -hmm. okay? Because you cannot make somebody have an affair. That's right. You can't do that. I mean, I have yet to hear anybody that says... You know, if you if you don't have an affair, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. I mean, you know, it's not people. People aren't forced. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can make it easier or harder in in mm-hmm. bad relationships mm-hmm. um, where there's a lot of of you know uh, destructive and mm-hmm. it, it certainly can be easier. And you have the desperate pleas, if you don't give me more attention, I'm going to go cheat on you. Yes, (laughs) and sometimes there's those kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, come and get me, Mm -hmm. or sometimes retaliatory. There's a variety of different Mm -hmm. types that, you know, Mm -hmm. we talked about about last time, maybe. Um, But, um, and I go into those in detail in my -hmm. my presentations on this. But um, it is... a lot of times people want to, they feel bad about what they've done and they want to blame the other person. And, and in the end, mm-hmm. people make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. And this is not about saying you're a bad guy, you're a good person, whatever. It's not about giving people a pass. It just is. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? And so that whole level as to who to blame mm-hmm. is the wrong level. Right. Okay? Right. It's just the wrong... People get all mm-hmm. caught up in is the affair person bad or not or whatever. 
And mm. I think that's the completely wrong level to I look at. I think they get, that's part of the reactive part of the affair is trying to make sense of how this happened. What have they got that I don't? How could this have happened? How do I know you're never going to turn to somebody? Because again, you must have been missing something or they must have had something more. And now I'm walking around worried about it. And they go into detective mode and they want to know all about this and all the details. And, you know, and, and it's kind of that obsessive part because, you know, they, they never thought this would happen. And they now never it thought has. it would happen. It would be a, it's a trauma for them. Mm -hmm. And there are ways, I mean, that mm -hmm. we could probably do a whole podcast on how to help people once mm -hmm. the disclosure has happened right you know and particularly people who get caught obsessing mm -hmm. with details right i do tell people before mm -hmm. you know if i can before the mm -hmm. disclosure that mm -hmm. if you only disclose 70 or 80 or 90 percent mm -hmm. what's going to happen is is your partner's much more likely to get mm -hmm. obsessed mm -hmm. if more dribbles out mm -hmm. the dribble out which yes. lots of people do is more traumatizing almost it is more because it's like okay i thought everything was out and then another thing comes out and then another thing comes out and it's just the constant well now i feel like i can never trust you because every time i relax and put my guard down another thing comes in so yeah now i i can't just trust you at all and that's scary yeah another thing i i do with people and preparing them is that I say, you have got to focus on your partner's pain. Mm -hmm. And you've got to see that pain as mm -hmm. being about how important you are, mm -hmm. or anger, or resentment, mm -hmm. whatever they are. The fact that they're impacted by this mm -hmm. is about how important you are, not mm -hmm. about how bad you are. Mm. That's a really great reframe. Yeah, and it's really yeah. important. Even yeah. if they say you're a horrible, terrible person, etc., right. the reason they're getting into that kind of reactive stuff mm -hmm. is that they're so hurt. By they're it. so hurt, and their reason they're hurt is because mm -hmm. they love. Mm -hmm. Okay, if somebody doesn't really love somebody, mm -hmm. like you've had an affair, the other mm -hmm. person may say, "Great, yeah, now we can get a divorce, and I can blame you. This yeah. is wonderful." Yeah, right? I, that's you exactly know? the point. Is the opposite of love isn't hate. Actually, you have to love someone to hate them. It's indifference. Right. And if somebody's truly indifferent, then they don't they don't really care. They're if detached. the person gets upset, if they get hurt, they get angry, mm -hmm. etc. It's because they care. It's because they care. Mm -hmm. And getting the person to remember that, mm -hmm. front loading that. Yeah. Okay, and then And it sets up it, it sets that up because it makes that process highly predictable, which is part of where the safety comes into. And they need to know what to expect that their partner is gonna be in a lot of pain. And if you kind of equip them to go into that pain and say if you deal with their pain and you see it as how much they love you and care about you, it, it really changes things, I think. That's really good. Yeah, it's, it's really important. And then I, I think another thing is, is that people think, you know, he or she will never get over this. I will always be branded as the cheater. And I really try to kind of focus on the fact that actually people do. Mm -hmm. And we've got some good research on that. Mm -hmm. You know, people do heal. Mm -hmm. They do trust. There's a process they have to go through. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not an overnight kind of thing. You know, there's a lot of that anxiety. Why can't my partner just get over it? It's been six months. It's been a yeah. year. Why aren't they over it? But it's really helpful mm -hmm. to help the person who's disclosing it mm -hmm. to understand what is going to lead to it being healed. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that is going to help lead to it is mm -hmm. if 
that person who's disclosing to their partner can empathize and focus on their partner's feeling mm -hmm. and express remorse both mm -hmm. over what they did mm -hmm. of course mm -hmm. but also express remorse over mm -hmm. the pain mm -hmm. that their partner's going through mm -hmm. and the hurt yeah that's a huge thing mm -hmm. okay and this really kind of previews the longer process right. of healing because in in the affair one of the I mean there's several reasons why affairs hurt mm -hmm. and, and are destructive and are dangerous mm -hmm. okay they really mm -hmm. can be very dangerous on lots mm -hmm. of levels but fundamentally at a very fundamental level in when somebody's off having an affair whether that is emotional physical both which is the worst okay mm -hmm. when it's both right um, when that's happening it's like you are with him or her you're with him, you're not with me. This that was sacred in our relationship, mm -hmm. that was something special to us, mm -hmm. now you've gone outside, mm -hmm. right? What does that mean about me? Mm -hmm. What does that mean about us? Mm -hmm. Fundamentally, the pain is around mm -hmm. disconnection mm -hmm. and betrayal, mm -hmm. okay? Which means the antidote Mm -hmm. is going to be around connection. Mm -hmm. And when the pain comes on, people mm -hmm. feel so oftentimes alone in the pain. Mm -hmm. It is devastating. They realize they have been alone. Mm -hmm. Their understanding of their history mm -hmm. in the relationship they know mm -hmm. is now faulty. Yeah. And, and so then there's oftentimes this experience of, I don't know what is true or not or who you are. Mm -hmm. um, those kinds of things like it. Not all, but, but usually this is the case, right? And consequently, from the very beginning, thinking about what helps heal it, one of the things that's going to help heal it is to get an honest, coherent narrative or understanding of what really went on. Right. So that the understanding of the history, and history lives in the present, mm -hmm. right? that the understanding of the history is going to be corrected and be accurate. And then the other one, big one is, is that as the injured partner goes through the pain and the anguish, if this time, and you know, it, um, they, the other partners are there with them mm -hmm. and is compassionate and engaged, it's the opposite of what was happening in the affair. That's right. That's right. And often I find you know, kind of what I've related is if they're able to go into their partner's pain and be with them in that place, they're also able to grieve some of their own pain that comes along with the shame of how could I hurt my spouse in this way. Often, you know, for people who have had an affair, it's a big, you know, value conflict just for themselves. It's something that's out yeah. of character. Yeah, they valid. I've yeah. heard people say, I, I never thought I would do this. Yeah. I always look down on people that did this. Yeah. And now I've done it. Yeah, and when they can, you know, share remorse with their partner, not only are they meeting their partner in their pain, which helps them feel good, but then they can start to grieve their own, and it's like we're grieving together. Yeah. And yeah. that can be really helpful. That can be helpful. Another thing that we talk about, because mm -hmm. one of the things that's helpful, again, is to think about all possible, dis, you know, mm -hmm. responses. So one of the common things is, is when an affair has been disclosed mm -hmm. is that the other person doesn't want to talk mm -hmm. with 
the injury. It's like so mm -hmm. painful to even look or talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like they need some time to grieve. Mm -hmm. And I try to remember things, remind people, you have been dealing with the pain of this for some time. You've been thinking about it. You know it. This is brand new information for your partner. Your partner doesn't know this, and not always. Sometimes mm -hmm. they do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've had people say, "Thank you." Mm -hmm. Thank you for telling me this. Maybe now we can heal our marriage. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I had a woman say that in so much compassion. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's charity new. Right. Charity new. Mm -hmm. But some people, you know, particularly if it comes as a kind of a bolt from the blue, mm -hmm. it's like, oh my, mm -hmm. um, I don't know what to think. I don't know how to organize this, etc. And mm -hmm. we as therapists really have to support that, mm -hmm. understand it. People may not be ready for any kind of empathy from their partner. Mm -hmm. They may not be ready for that. They may be angry. Some people go into anger, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. One of the important things that we have to be able to do is, as therapists, and ultimately we need to be able to get our clients to do that, is to be okay with our partner's emotions, mm -hmm. whether that be anger, whether that be deep pain, whether that mm -hmm. be fear, etc. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a, if I can just give a little antidote, this didn't involve a, an affair, but I had a, a, um, a lady in another country that I worked with who had really been, she had been depressed, she had been um, unintentionally abandoned by her husband, mm -hmm. and she had lots and lots of pain, and as she opened up in therapy, in one of these moments, she turned to her, and she's got tears streaming down her face. And, and she's very, and her, her husband's really open and engaged, right? And she, her husband's wanting to know, what can I do? And her response was, don't be afraid of my pain. I'm not afraid of my pain. Hmm. And I don't want you to be afraid of it. I need you to be with me. Mm -hmm. So please don't be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. It's like, I'm not afraid of my pain. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of my pain. Mm -hmm. I need you to not be afraid of my pain. Mm -hmm. Okay, And we as therapists also not to be need to not be afraid of people's pain. Right. Or their anger. Mm -hmm. you know, people get angry because they're in pain or they're, they're right. scared or they're hurt. But... Sure. but and, and an EFT, you know, we talk about anger as a secondary reactive emotion. But the fact of the matter is, is anger is also really powerful. Mm -hmm. It can be destructive. It can be helpful, mm -hmm. depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if, you know, I don't know, if there's a fire and I'm really angry because I'm scared I'm going to lose my family, it might it might uh, motivate me to mm -hmm. kind of, you know, get them all out and yeah. brave the flames, mm -hmm. right? So it's not that it's always, you know, it's like, you know, it depends what you do with it, right? Right. But we have to be able to be comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And knowing, and a lot of times partners are not, mm -hmm. okay, but we as therapists must be able to handle it, support mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. etc. I find that in the disclosure process, it's very helpful mm -hmm. to kind of go slow. Mm -hmm. And when things speed up, we have to be there oftentimes because, again, oftentimes they don't want to be supported by their partner right now because right. it's like, uh, you did this, uh, yeah. you know, they don't want that. So right. they need us as therapists to support them, help mm -hmm. them, and help regulate them, co-regulate them. What can we kind of do in those moments? So let's just say, you know, we go into this session and 
well, there's something your partner needs to share with you and this can be hard and painful and so they share it and then the other partner goes ballistic what can we do in those moments to sort of lean in and help them regulate uh what we do okay so in general sue talks about this and and i think it's really important um when people feel heard they calm down mm-hmm. so if somebody goes ballistic mm-hmm. And that happens sometimes, you know. Um, you know, they'll yell and scream at the top of their lungs. Seems like I had that happen recently in my own practice. <laughs> thinking, what are the other things next door thinking about this? <laughs> Actually, in the moment, you're thinking, about, what do I do, right? Um, but if that happens, the key is, is you have to engage with them. Mm-hmm. Get their eye contact. Mm-hmm. Okay, try to get their eye contact. You can tell them, I need you to stop. I need you to slow down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes people are so dysregulated, so much pain. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do is mm-hmm. help them feel heard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know this is upsetting. This is horrible. By the way, we don't want to say, I know how this feels. Right. Okay. Don't say that. Because <laughs> right? we don't. <laughs> we don't know for, for sure. And even if we do, we don't know that we do. That's right. Right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. But we can say, I know that it's painful. Yeah. Because we do know it's painful. I, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you know right. how it what feels. it's like That's right. or how it mm-hmm. feels. Mm-hmm. Okay? But you could say, this is painful. Mm-hmm. I see the anger. This is like your whole world. Just, just helping people describe their experience. Mm-hmm. When people can label emotions then their brain calms down, mm-hmm. right? So helping them, co-regulating mm-hmm. them. Okay. Um, so really kind of organizing their emotions and describe it and, and mm-hmm. put words to it and be able to be heard mm-hmm. can help them really come down from a 10 to yeah. maybe at least a 5. Yeah. And if somebody is like so angry they want to leave, um, I typically would have the other partner mm-hmm. leave and go out to the waiting room for a few mm-hmm. minutes rather than having them leave because when because if the angry person is super angry i don't want them leaving going off driving going off you know destroying property destroying property because they're enraged Mm -hmm. i don't want to do that i want them i want to be with them right and the other partner usually is scared but Mm -hmm. usually they i mean you you have to exercise clinical judgment but having them sit in another room good thought i don't think a lot of us knew that to have the angry person stay and have the other partner go that's a really good thought Man, why aren't they teaching us this stuff in school? <laughs> yeah, well, it's just helpful, and you yeah. always have to exercise clinical judgment. That's but right. The angry person, you know, their whole world's just been rocked. That's right. They need somebody to be with them. That's right. Okay. That's right. They need that, and um, getting the other person away because mm-hmm. that other person at the moment is going to be the stimulus. How right. could you do this? They keep looking. How could you do this? And right. they're just going to become more upset. That's right. Having them off and then you staying with them, mm-hmm. helping them understand that this can be understood. Mm-hmm. It can be sorted through. We're not mm-hmm. going to do it in one session. Mm-hmm. Okay. The most important thing is, is we've got to have time to do it. That's right. You do as a therapist mm-hmm. need to make sure that people are not homicidal or mm-hmm. suicidal that's right okay and that's you need right. to assess for that mm-hmm. when you get that kind of reactive mm-hmm. you know response mm-hmm. make sure that people are okay mm-hmm. develop safety plans if needed mm-hmm. um, but the biggest thing is is that you are there as somebody who cares who's compassionate that's right and a you're hearing base. them you're mm-hmm. a secure base again mm-hmm. as sue says when people feel heard mm-hmm. they calm down that's right
Right. So you can meet them kind of in that place of their anger, you know, and you don't want to go into the, I get that this is so hard when they're like, ah, you know, I see the anger right here, right now. I get that this and you is. you have a right to be angry. Know, yeah. Yeah. You have a right to be angry. Yeah. Your anger makes a lot of sense. One of the most instructive sessions I ever saw Sue do, and mm-hmm. this is not one that's been released because mm-hmm. the couple didn't want it released, mm. but um, they, they, it was a heterosexual married couple, and the woman ha- was really, 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 really angry, and mm-hmm. she was isolated, and mm-hmm. she was really angry. And, you know, as, at the beginning of the session, she was angry, and Sue, I watched, she was in her anger for at least a half an hour, mm-hmm. or longer, during mm-hmm. this maybe 40 minutes of wow. the session. Mm-hmm. So you just kept listening and validating and not validating necessarily that the way she was seeing things is mm-hmm. correct, mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. her, that she, you know, there's a reason why she feels angry. Right. It makes sense that she feels mm-hmm. angry, that it's been so hard, mm-hmm. etc. And Suda stayed with anger for probably 30 or 40 minutes. That's mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. Until finally she went down into her pain and mm-hmm. sorrow and mm-hmm. sadness. And then she was able to work with that and organize mm-hmm. the whole thing, right. right? And the husband mm-hmm. was sitting there the whole mm-hmm. time and he was quiet mm-hmm. and you know whatnot. But the important thing about that is, mm-hmm. is that you can stay with anger. You don't want to heighten right. anger, That's but right. you can stay with it. You can right. organize it. Right. And when you meet it, you can get it to shift. You're right. not, you know, we don't want to fan the flames, but you know, if you're helping them feel hurt, it's not going to go that other way. It's, it's going right. to go down. And some sometimes therapists are afraid of anger. A lot of times, there's a lot of times, and, and I understand. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of times, with anger, I'm looking at okay, how do we get underneath it? Because I know something's underneath it. Yeah. And it's not it's not fun to be angry, by the way. That's right. Nobody likes it's that. exhausting. Too. It's exhausting. It takes a right? lot of energy. So my perspective on this is, this person doesn't want to be angry, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and so mm-hmm. I do want to lead them out, but I don't want to deny them. That's I want right. to see them. They need and to I'm, be heard in their place of anger. Exactly. And mm-hmm. if people are not heard in their place of anger. Mm-hmm. Then they're not going to risk sharing their fears, their hurt, mm-hmm. their sadness, their pain. Yeah, they won't go underneath it. They won't go underneath it. Yeah, you got to meet them where they are. Yeah, then you can get underneath. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So I hear you saying when it comes to helping with the disclosure, you're really setting up the partner who committed the affair. You're really letting them know what to expect and to really be prepared for their partner to be in a lot of pain and to possibly have mixed reactions and to be able to meet their partner in their place of pain and be able to tolerate that. And the more they can meet them there and show empathy and remorse, you know, the better things the healing process will go. But also in terms of the partner who's hearing that that their spouse or their partner's just had an affair, you know, being able to meet them in their place of anger and being able to organize and help them describe and articulate, give a voice to where they're at can help calm their nervous system and help them go from maybe like a 10 down to, you know, a 5 or, or maybe lower. And if they feel so angry that they want to leave, your suggestion is to have the other partner leave and have the angry person stay because they really need to not be alone. They need to have someone there for them and we're the safe base and we can process with them and again just go back into organizing and making sense and describing their anger and validating that anger mm-hmm. and um, helping them to you know 
hopefully make more sense and feel heard, that's an important part. Now, on the other hand, what if you have a partner who you it's been known that they've had an affair, but they've been telling you, the therapist and their spouse, that they've stopped the affair, and then you find out partway through that, oh, no, in fact, it hasn't. And and I know sometimes this happens. This is part of the double bind of having a no-secrets policy, is when you know the person who's having the affair won't disclose it to you that it's still going on because they know of the no-secrets and you're going to tell my spouse. So they keep it, and then it comes out, and you, the therapist, also feel betrayed because maybe you've asked them in individual therapy, you know, is this still going on? Is, is this what you want? And no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, no big deal, you know. And then you find out they've been doing it all along. You know, how do you confront that? How do you, what do you do with that when that happens? Right, right, right. Um, Some of the most difficult, pain-wracked, devastating affairs that I've ever worked with Mm -hmm. have had that scenario where the person may have disclosed and Mm -hmm. then they say they've ended it, but they haven't really. Yeah. Okay. Let me talk about preventing that for a minute. Then I want to talk about what to do with that. That's great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think uh, anyway. Let's let's do that because preventing it. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've learned sometimes through sad experience mm-hmm. is is that there is value, particularly if this was an ongoing affair mm-hmm. for some time, or if there's a lot of compulsive short ones. Even you know, mm-hmm. is to check in alone, maybe for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. with the person who is having the affair mm-hmm. and just saying, now, have you really stopped all contact? Mm-hmm. Or has anything been happening? Mm-hmm. Where are you going in your mind? Mm-hmm. You know, just seeing what we can do to find out because mm-hmm. if it's still going on, mm-hmm. the other partner needs to know. And, and there might be flags there too because, you know, as I was mentioning to Scott earlier, I actually had this happening. And, you know, doing those individual sessions, checking in, um, some of the red flags are, you know, especially if this affair happened with like a coworker or a colleague, you know. They, um, they still work together. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that they're still in contact, even if they're minimizing and saying, oh, you know, it's, it's really only for work stuff. It's not a, you know, but right. they're not being transparent with yeah. their spouse about when the contact occurs. They're still hiding their phone, still engaging in behaviors that are indicative that they might still be in the affair. These are some things you want to watch out for that they you know, might not be telling you the whole truth, but maybe they're not ready to tell you the whole truth. Mm-hmm. And when you figure out that something doesn't add up, you know, what what can you do in that case? Mm-hmm. When What can you say to the client when you say, this, this really doesn't feel like this is fully ended? Yeah, well, and I think that, I think, you know, again, saying that in, in mm-hmm. private and mm-hmm. just say something feels like it's not there. I mm-hmm. think you'd say exactly that. Mm-hmm. In, the, in, in the end... It's their choice. It's their choice, and they're going to lie or they're not going to lie. That's right. Okay? And they but could you, deny right through their teeth. <laughs> what you can do mm-hmm. is you can kind of lay out the consequences, mm-hmm. okay? And talk mm-hmm. about, you know, one of the things that may have led to this mm-hmm. is the secrets, mm-hmm. right? And... What's going to heal this is openness, mm-hmm. and if there isn't openness, mm-hmm. it's going to continue to fester, mm-hmm. and there's still danger for you right. and your spouse. Right. 
And so mm -hmm. I think that just kind of helping them, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, That's right? That's true. So um, I think that that, you know, we do everything we can, but mm -hmm. staying in staying yeah. on a, up on that, sometimes I wish that I had checked in more often mm -hmm. when I found that that has happened. Yeah. Um, but once it does happen, I mean, the most destructive things mm -hmm. that I've seen happen have been under that circumstances. Right, and sometimes then the partner who's been cheated on is much less willing to stay in the marriage and work on it. They're like, I was willing to forgive you the first time, but now that you kept lying to me and... And the second time and the third time, but now right. we're done. Yeah, you know what I mean? and unfortunately that's a consequence. And, you know, in the case with, you know, when this has happened with my own clients, I've you know had to pull them apart and do individuals and let them know that this might be the consequence of of this coming out, mm -hmm. and you know also let them know that given that this bomb just exploded again, that it's going to be impossible to create safety and advance the couple's work if this affair is still going on. If the affair is still going on, mm -hmm. that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, people, I mean, you've got to get underneath and figure out what's driving this, right? right? In fact, for real healing to occur, mm -hmm. you've got to figure out mm -hmm. what's driving it because you right. and you've got to have a plan to right. prevent it in the future. Well, an EFT <clears throat> is really good at that. What I, what I found with these couples is they're kind of doing the hedging their bets. I don't really know if my partner is going to change, and so until I'm more sure, I'm going to secretly uh, hang on to my affairs. Yeah, it's like you know, I think Sue referred to this as kind of the hedge fund approach. You yes. know, it's yes. like. I'm gonna kind of you know hedge my bets, yes, yeah. right? Yeah. That if it doesn't work here, I'm gonna go over to here. Yeah. The problem with that, I had one guy that had done that, and mm -hmm. he said once it finally came out, mm -hmm. I was really struggling with him to get him mm -hmm. to be fully engaged in therapy, mm -hmm. and he said, well, you know, I thought I just I don't know whether this is gonna work out or not, and I said, yeah, but you're guaranteeing that your marriage isn't gonna work. That's right. That's right. Um, and therapy can't work. That's you know, right. no wonder we ha I haven't had a hard time getting you open. That's right. Right? That's right. Um, it doesn't, this yeah. doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work. You're not giving your marriage a chance. And that's that's the truth consequence is they're waiting for their marriage to change for to see if something will be different. But because they're still engaging in the affair and not in therapy, nothing can be different. And they're caught in the cycle. And that's often, you know, when you know somebody's had an affair and you keep getting caught in this gridlock and you see this kind of suspicious behavior going on it's probably a, a good sign that the affair might not be fully over and they're not ready to share it because if you're not getting that person to engage you know they're they have one foot here and one foot there and they're not fully committed to either and and that will show up in your work where you'll feel stuck and it's like why isn't this engaging why aren't we getting farther why are we kind of at a stalemate <laughs> we're mm -hmm. stuck we're mm -hmm. stuck here <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. So. No, exactly right and, and and you know when I've been stuck on those things there's always mm -hmm. some kind of a secret they're saying yeah. there's yeah. something underneath although I have to say I would rather be you know if if when it comes to no secrets policy, you know, again, that, that's the double bind is sometimes the client does keep the secret. But I would rather be on the one who is also lied to than be the one who's on the colluding part. Yeah. You know, it's much yeah. safer, yeah. even though it does still, even to us as a therapist, feels a little bit of a betrayal, right? You're supposed to be honest. We're supposed to, you know, put everything on the table. I'm here to help you. And yet you're keeping a secret from me. You're lying to me. How can I help you if you're lying to me? But, 
you know, take an empathic approach. And that's, you know, kind of how I entered into it. Okay, so this bomb went off. What are we going to do with this now? Yeah. You know, don't don't bolt in there with, how could you lie to me? <laughs> you know, you told me this was over. And As a therapist, we can't do that. That's Cause, right. Because we at times feel depressed. That's right. You know, betrayed. Yeah. And we have been to that's a degree. Right. But it's nothing compared to what the partner's that's going right. through. That's right. Because, you know, right. we're not married to the person, right? That's we're right. not in a committed relationship. Right. But we do... We do feel that, and it's really important to recognize That's this right. is not about me That's as right. therapists. That's right? right. This is about them. Yes. And the most powerful thing I can do mm-hmm. is get curious. That's right. I just need to cure. There's a reason why this mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I gotta get curious about why it happened. And mm-hmm. my job is to help right. it not happen. That's right. Right. Which means I need to understand it. That's so right. So it's like, okay, let's learn from this. That's right. Um, and, and lay out the consequences. If we can't be honest and transparent, then, you know, our couple's work just won't go anywhere. Yeah, you that's know? right. And yeah. if that ends up being the case, mm-hmm. then we, you know, if we stay curious, if we stay mm-hmm. interested, we're trying mm-hmm. to understand it, we're trying to figure out how to prevent it, that's trying right. to figure out how to deal with the consequences of this right. and, and help them, um, we then don't focus on ourselves mm-hmm. and then we don't get uh, so mm-hmm. we don't personalize it that's right which is actually really important because that's it's right. not about us that's right it's not about us it's about you know again resistance in eft is all about we've asked the client to do something they're not ready to do and in this case they weren't ready to surrender the affair and they weren't ready to tell us and, and so i gotta yeah. get curious about why yeah. yeah and how to help them get fully mm-hmm. open and honest that's right I think there's another piece here as we're kind of talking about this mm-hmm. that I'm kind of thinking is really important. Mm-hmm. With all of this, mm-hmm. we have to remember that people can change. Mm-hmm. They don't off- always do it, right. but they can. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a job. That's right. <laughs> and they do. Mm-hmm. You know, people oftentimes do, mm-hmm. right? Which is one of the things, the reasons we have a job, right? Yeah. And... Um, Healing can happen when mm-hmm. there are, you know, Sue talks about this, mm-hmm. you know, when, when there's been even serious betrayals, mm-hmm. healing can happen. That's right. We, we understand that process in EFT. There's been some really cool process research about how couples do heal. Mm-hmm. Okay. With affairs specifically, one of my students and I um, did, it was her dissertation actually mm-hmm. on how affairs heal or what Mm -hmm. some of the factors are and you know showing that there are lots of relationships where they have healed Mm -hmm. and we also know there's certain specific things that must happen Mm -hmm. we don't always lay those out at the beginning because Mm -hmm. usually we got to be with people where they are sure but one of the things that is important and this is important for us to do with our clients it's also important for us to do with us okay Mm -hmm. because our own experiences can have an impact on this we need to believe Mm -hmm. and we also need to give calm assurance Mm -hmm. that this can be understood Mm -hmm. this can heal Mm -hmm. and things can improve dramatically that's right and some couples use this as a way of really fixing old problems in their relationship the relationship may end up being better right. than it ever was. Sometimes the affair is a catalyst for bigger and better change. Right. It's a it's a bad catalyst. It's a horrible but, catalyst. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would you know never ever recommend that. Oh, well, of course not. And yeah, well, but, I've heard people do that, and it's like no, 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 no. don't, 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 don't do that. <laughs> but if you're given a lemon, make something sweet out of it. That's right. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. And mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like I've heard people justify their affairs 
which is super important. Get them not right. Keep them from doing that. When we're working with the affair, and you've said this in our last video, we want to validate the emotions, the attachment, fears, needs, longings behind the affair, not the behavior of the affair. Big mm -hmm. difference. Absolutely, that's mm -hmm. exactly absolutely mm -hmm. right. So you know there are other ways of dealing with problems in a marriage that's right. or a relationship. Absolutely. Besides having an affair. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. But we are where we are, right? Mm -hmm. And so if there has been an affair, mm -hmm. then you still can mm -hmm. fix this relationship, mm -hmm. and it has the potential to be better than it ever was, mm -hmm. which is true for all relationships, mm -hmm. really. And I think right? saying that out loud, when I hear you say that out loud, that. You know, this is where we are at, and if we really focus on healing and work through all the problems, this could be better than it ever was. And to me, that sounds really beautiful and really hopeful, and if I was the client sitting in that chair, I would feel so much better yeah. walking out of that session. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. great. Ah. Uh, what a great, what a great talk. And, you know, Scott, so you have trainings that you do on affairs and folks around the globe actually can contact you and schedule you to come out and do affairs training. Can mm -hmm. you tell them a little bit more about what you do, what your workshops are? Yes, yeah. I do either one day or two day workshops. Mm -hmm. I prefer to do two days because mm -hmm. then you can get really In into depth, depth mm -hmm. right? Oftentimes that's harder to logistically to make mm -hmm. happen, so I do a one day version of mm -hmm. that. Um, and I often, if I have two days, mm -hmm. I will do a live, mm -hmm. typically with that, with an affair couple, and mm -hmm. that is oftentimes very helpful mm -hmm. for people. Um, I, we, I really go in, we go into depth about affairs and mm -hmm. how some of the myths around affairs mm -hmm. it's all EFT attachment based mm -hmm. okay but we also focus on kind of different types of affairs mm -hmm. okay in my own research with me and, and my colleagues mm -hmm. we have um, identified kind of seven different patterns mm -hmm. of that we see based on motivation right there are different type pathologies and the, the, the topologies are, at times, um, based on all sorts of different things, okay? Mine is based on emotion, mm -hmm. or excuse me, on motives. Mm -hmm. and, they, and that's an important thing, because you've got to understand why it happened mm -hmm. in order to prevent it from happening again, mm -hmm. and it helps in the creation of the secure narrative which you're eventually going to be creating. Mm -hmm. We go through the different types. We go through how to assess. We go through how to help some of the things we've talked about today, mm -hmm. and that is how to help somebody disclose, mm -hmm. how to handle that first session mm -hmm. if it's you know being disclosed. You right. also, I always encourage them to disclose in mm -hmm. session, mm -hmm. not out of session. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I uh, um, we talk about you know a variety of safety things. Mm -hmm. Then we go into the healing process. Mm -hmm. And we talk about using EFT with affairs, and EFT is such a great model for affairs. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really helps us get to the heart of the matter. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, at times we discuss people's cases mm -hmm. and those kinds of things, depending on the amount of time we, we have. And anyway, people have been really happy with it. They tend to really like it, and mm -hmm. I'm always trying to incorporate, you know, the latest mm -hmm. research. and. Um, anyway. So how, how do people find you? Do you have a website? Do you have an email? I do. Yes, I do. I have a website. It's Dr. Dr. Scott Woolley. And there are two L's in Woolley. Okay. O L L E Y. Um, my email, maybe you could post it. Is this it Dr. Somehow. Scott Woolley at just drscottwoolley.com? 
I, yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll make sure that he looks at <laughs> if that. If you Google my name, yeah. sometimes my name is Scott R. Woolley. Well, if you if you can send it to me, then I'm going to post it yeah, in the description the for this video along yeah. with your email. And there's some other pieces, some other nuggets discussed in this video that you will find in some of my other videos, such as repairing attachment injuries I have with both Leanne Campbell and uh, Lori Brubaker, as well as getting curious, um, curiosity and empathy and EFT with Jim Thomas. So check out those other videos and look up Dr. Scott Woolley and have him come to your area to do a training about affairs. He is amazing. His workshops are amazing. Really, they are not to be missed. <laughs> so um, make sure that you check them out. Make sure that you guys subscribe and stay tuned because more episodes are on the way.